You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. are tuning in to Unapologetic, and I am Stacey Smith, and I am joined by my co-host, Rayshawn Payne. Hey, hey, hey. How's it going, Rayshawn? Oh, it's going pretty good. What about you? I'm good. I'm good. The weather is nice. I'm appreciative. The sun is shining. Finally. For all of you out there that are outside of Michigan, you know, Michigan has a tendency not to... The sun doesn't shine as much here, so it's always a, no sun a, 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 a nice gray <laughs> sky. So I was very appreciative that yeah, we, we had a little sunshine today. Yeah, so man. I'm liking this bun you're giving me today, too. Well, thank yeah, you. Yeah, you know, hoops. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, I had to give it a little different flavor, but thank you. I appreciate the compliment. And we also have a very special guest in the studio as well. So I'm going to actually let Rayshawn introduce the guest today. Oh, I special guest today because we're going to talk about a subject that um, I feel doesn't have enough attention and light shed on it. And it is a life of an inmate after release. So today we have a special guest by the name of um, Jovan Payne. Um, and he is going to share his story and tell he is someone who actually served, was it 10, 11 years in the maximum security? 10 years. 10 years in maximum security. And he went in at a very young age. So we kind of got him here to share his story and his 21. tale. Okay. All right. Well, first, let's go into our celebrity and entertainment news. Yes. And then we're going to go into our topic for this evening with our special guest. So if you work for Steve Harvey, he wants you to leave him alone. So the comedian and talk show host issued out a memo to the staff of his talk show warning them to leave him alone from here on out. In the leaked memo, Harvey says that he does not wish to be bothered as he preps for his show. And he also does not want anyone coming into his dressing room, speaking to him in the halls or communicating with him in the makeup chair without an appointment. And according to the memo, Harvey is tired of being ambushed. The memo says, quote, I am seeking more free time for me throughout the day. I have been taken advantage of by my lenient policy in the past. This ends now. No more. So you guys have been warned. If you come into Steve Harvey's dressing room unannounced, be prepared to be removed by security. So, Rayshon, how do you feel about this memo that Mr. Harvey sent out to his employees? Way. Excuse me, boss. You know, I, I I understand it because I feel like Steve has so many jobs. Like he's he's one of those entertainers that he has a lot going on. He's hosting Family Feud. On, he's hosting the talk I, show. I he has his own production it. company. He has the radio show. Like he's doing a lot, and he's and tired. How old is this man? I mean, I know he's in his fifties for sure. Are you sure this man ain't sixty? Somebody he Google might that. Be 60. Yeah, Let's we Google, Google that real that. quick. But we know he's over fifty. For this sure. just sounds like uh, grumpy old man syndrome. Oh no! <laughs> Get off the lawn. You know, like the old man shoot a kid. Get away from them damn kids. This is what this is. Okay. I don't know. He I, overworked and old. Well, I was going to say, I definitely do think that maybe he's been overworked. I think yeah, that he's tired. He's coming out with a new show, I heard, too. Yeah, he is. Yeah, so, so he'll I be mean, hosting another talk show. I ain't mad at the man. Now, get your money, you know, and he's an inspiration to me. But, uh, Steve, come on now. Your employees can... It ain't like you coming out looking that amazing that you can't be bothered. Oh, the shade. There ain't no shade. I mean, we, I can't ask you a question. <laughs> okay, now something going wrong. You can ask a question with an appointment. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys, let's go to our next story. So Jennifer Hudson has joined The Voice as the coach for season 13. The Voice, which airs on NBC, is preparing to compete against the rival singing competition American Idol, which will air sometime in the 2017-2018 season on ABC. So last week I announced that 
They were talking about joining with ABC, and now it is official. So Jennifer Hudson will join Miley Cyrus, who returns for her second season, Adam Levine and Blake Shelton. Now, ABC is reportedly eyeing Kelly Clarkson to become a judge on American Idol. And according to TMZ, the singer and the network are in the process of negotiations. So how do you feel about that one? Well, Jennifer Hudson on The Voice, that ain't a bad look. Yeah. But I don't want that, 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 I ain't mad at that. I just think it's funny that they got someone from American Idol. Idol. Ah, I ain't even put that together. Yeah. So what you think is kind of a little, you know. Mm. But no, nah, that's a good look for it. Um, when are they getting rid of Miley, though? Why, why is she there? What, what voice what, what sh- does oh, she Oh, the shade is so have, real. It's so, so thick in the studio this I mean, evening. Who, put it like this. If she was a contestant, who turning around for her? Well, listen, Miley had a great career. Okay, has a great career? I haven't heard much from Miley lately, but I know she she had a great career. She kind of denounced her hip hop. uh, Well, yeah, we've heard that. that. Yeah, we've heard that in the press. But in terms Mm -hmm. of like music, I haven't really heard much from Miley. She has something new coming out, but again, who cares? Well, someone cares because she is on The Voice. So someone out there cares, and someone wants to hear Miley's opinion on coaching. So there it is. All right, ABC Scandal will end after Season 7, speaking of NBC. Now, Shonda Rhimes is pulling the plug on the show that stars Kerry Washington after its seventh season. And Rhimes has vocalized her uncertainty about the future of the show because of the country's current political climate. She told The Hollywood Reporter, quote, I used to know how it ended, and then Donald Trump was elected. We had a destination, and I don't know if that's our destination anymore, end quote. Now, ABC is expected to make a formal announcement next week regarding pulling the plug on the show. So, are you a Scandal fan, Rayshon? Not at all. I was. But, um, people love that show. Yeah. And I thought people still love the show. Is it still like a... It it is popular. I don't know if it's still as popular as it once was because, like, I don't really watch... I don't think I've watched the past couple of seasons just because I got tired of the whole Olivia and Fitz thing. Like, it just... Who? I'm sorry. The president... Remember, she was involved with the president. Um, so, for me, it just got, I don't know, just well, redundant after a while, and I just kind of got tired of it. It was like, are you guys going to be together or you're not? What if the show is still hot and she pulling the plug? Now, I can respect that because, I was, let's think about it. A lot of shows were on way past their time. Absolutely. One so, of your favorites. Which one is that? The Simpsons. So, we're going to ignore that. I'm just saying, how long did The Simpsons go? That's all right. Are they they still going? They are still going, baby. Still going. So people are still watching The Simpsons. Still watching this. And they ain't lost a beat yet. Well, it it, kind of got in a look. Do you, okay, do you still watch The Simpsons faithfully? The reruns, yes. Every day, all day. But you don't watch the newer episodes. I mean, they may slide through the cracks (laughs) in some of them reruns, you know. And then I know it's a new one, and then I'm like, I don't really want to watch that. But I'm glad it's still there, because The Simpsons is like a big part of my life. But with Scandal, I'm glad Shonda, that's a smart woman, she pulled it before it went stale. Yeah, yeah. So can, what if it went stale, because I don't watch it. Well, it yeah. Hasn't gone stale in Scandal Like I said, I'm, I'm not sure, so yeah. someone well, have to let us know if they're still watching Scandal. Now, speaking of Scandal and Kerry Washington, so rumors have been circulating this week that <laughs> She actually cheated with comedian Chris Rock during his marriage to his ex-wife, Malak. Isn't that ironic? Now, Chris, in an interview with Rolling Stone magazine, admitted to cheating on his ex-wife with three women, specifically one famous, one semi-famous, and one member of the retail class. A source revealed to Page Six that the famous woman is allegedly Carrie Washington, and they claim that the two were hooking up during the filming of the movie I Think I Love My Wife, ironically. And the alleged affair went on for about six months. So how do you feel about that one? Well, I thought he could have been lying. But the fact that she hadn't spoke against it. <laughs> she has not. She has not. So it's kind of like. But oh. he didn't say I had an affair with Kerry Washington. He just said one woman was famous. So why y'all assuming it's Kerry Washington? Because a source came out and oh. said that it was Kerry Washington. And neither one has recanted or said that's true or not. No one has not confirmed. Not that I am uh, aware of. I don't know. 
Interesting. Very interesting. Very interesting. So that is what is happening in celebrity news. Now, speaking of celebrity news, we're going to take a quick break. I don't know if you guys out there have been watching Instagram and the Bow Wow challenges oh. out there. So let me let you guys wait, know what's going on with Bow Wow. Wait, he is taking catfish to like a whole nother yeah, level so right now. Okay. L- let me talk to you guys really quickly about Bow Wow. So Bow Wow posted a picture saying that he was about to get on a private jet to attend some meetings in New York to promote Growing Up Hip Hop Atlanta, which is the new show that he's starring in on WeTV. So he posted a picture of a private jet. And someone that was on another commercial flight in coach posted a picture of Bow Wow sitting in front of her saying, Bow Wow is stating that he was on a private plane headed to New York City, but he's actually headed to New York City on this commercial flight with me sitting in coach. So, of course, the Internet went crazy after she posted this picture. And now there's all these Bow Wow challenges out there of people doing it for the gram. Was it a guy that posted it or was it a girl? No, it was a girl that posted it. It was a girl that posted it. Oh, man. So, in honor of Bow Wow, we're going to play some Bow Wow music tonight. Bow Wow real quick before we go to break? No, let's go to break and then I'll save it. No, go ahead. Say it. No, I'm just the, the problem isn't the fact that you posted the picture. Mm-hmm. The problem is when you got caught, how you going to try to just lie your way out of it? Now, see, what you should have said was, I just posted a picture of a private plane. I didn't say I was necessarily on it. Because technically, he didn't say he was on it. Yeah. He just said he's taking a flight, and he posted a picture of a plane. Right. He's saying that the picture that was taken that the person posted is an old picture of him on an old flight. And the picture that he did post is actually from a private um, jet company <laughs> yeah. that he See? found, well, allegedly, that he found off of the private jet's <laughs> website, um, the private jet company's website. So right now, like I said, there's all these Bow Wow challenges out there, Hilarious. you know, of, you know, people... Doing it for the gram, as they would say, yes. and you know, how how would you describe that? It, it, it's you take an exaggeration. I, I don't know how to describe it. it, it it's kind of like you Photoshop yourself. Because I saw some great ones. Oh yeah, I, it was. I don't know if people saw when uh, Drake posted a picture himself. He said he had visited the forty. He was kind of just laid out, kind of like on a sofa, mm-hmm. and it's a picture. This girl photoshopped herself. Like kind of sitting like with Drake and said was with Drake at the Forty Club last night. Hashtag Bow Wow Challenge. So it's kind of like that. Like so, there's a lot of pretending going pretend, on. Like basically. I said, catfishing. Yeah, right. right. Catfishing, like he catfishing. took this whole catfishing thing to a whole. Like, you know what? Good job, Bow Wow. So you know, a lot of people they Good do job. it for the gram. So for all of you out there that are participating in the Bow Wow Challenge, or this for those of you that are out there maybe doing it for the gram yourself, we're gonna just encourage you to but, be uh, yourself. Look, love yourself. Be true to yourself. <laughs> and in Embrace all that comes with being you. But low key, some of y'all been doing the Bow Wow Challenge way before there was a Bow Wow Challenge. Yeah, so we're going to take a quick break and we're going to play a Bow Wow song for all of you out there that are participating in the Bow Wow Challenge. So we'll be right back. I'm getting to make everybody bounce with me. Then I'm gonna rip it down any place I be. You can copy, but it's only gonna be one me. I don't got no cars if the man come rim it. 14, I done started up a whole epidemic. Look, look, you know what I'm talking about. Ever since I hooked up with the homie damn south. TV shows, magazine covers, girls in groups saying we go with each other. Sold out shows, pocket full of cake. What you know about selling tricks? Smell like a cake. I'm the hottest thing around. Neck full of bling bling like the Neptune sound. I got it locked from the left, right, front, and rear. When I step up in the spot, this is all I hear. I said, little bow wow, you just don't know the way you move. I'm all where I'm gonna be. How I flow 
homie, you can bet the house on me. I'ma forever be up under the scope. I ain't tryna go out like tie bridges off different strokes. I was born to rock, born to rhyme. What you looking at is something that's before they time. Like the number two, three in the red and black. Mr. 106 and Park is back. Holla, I do it like no other. And attract more family than ringling brothers. I got them scattered, covered, smothered like hash brown. See, I'm the best, just ask around. I'm here now, and ain't nobody taking mine. It's a waste of time, even thinking you can. You better off getting a shirt, making a sign. That reads Shot Moss, I'm your number one fan. Say a little bow wow, you just don't know. The way you move so fast across the floor. I mean, you run through my mind like all the time. To the point that I just wanna take you home. I said a little bow wow, you just don't know. The way you move so fast. And you were just listening to Bow Wow because we were talking about the mm. Bow Wow Challenge right before we went to break. So yeah, for those of you that are not familiar with the Bow Wow Challenge, um, it's for people that are posting things on Instagram that may not be the reality of their situations, but it looks good. So we're just dedicating yes. this show to Bow Wow tonight. Instead of catfishing for a day, you catch them fishing for status. That's what you, basically what you're doing. Yes, yes. But we have a very special guest in the studio yes, tonight to do. talk about our topic tonight, which is a very serious topic and a very common one. And I'm glad that he took the time to join us this evening. His name is Jovan Payne. And tonight we're going to be talking about life after spending time incarcerated. And a lot of people, you know, struggle with getting back into, you know, the reality of the world again after, you know, being incarcerated for a long period of time. So we just want to talk about, you know, how that works and hear someone's actual experience that went through this and to know, you know, what it's like being incarcerated and then being out and released and living in the world again. So thank you, Jovan, for being here this evening. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yes, absolutely. So tell us first, what happened in terms of why you were incarcerated? Just mm. said if he see me again, he was going to send me to prison. And he kept that promise. Okay. So tell me, what was life like? that the judge had to say that to you? What were you doing that the judge had to say? If I see you again, you're going to prison. Well, I was actually non-compliant with my probation because I was more chasing money and the time I was spending with the probation agents and waiting, it was time I was missing money, so I chose to rather get my money than mm-hmm. miss it. So. Okay, so you got in trouble for violating your probation. Yes. You was on probation for. Well, I had. Yeah. Well, start from the beginning. Yeah. Like, like, what? How old were you when you kind of started? Because how old were you when you got locked up? My first charge. No, when you served. You know, I was probably. Years. I turned twenty-one in county jail, Wayne County jail. Now, see, that's young. You, uh-huh. you realize how young that is. So, how old were you when you start getting into trouble? Well, the first time I actually got into trouble, it was actually something that was false. My um, constituent had got killed. He got hit by a motorist on a mini bike, and he broke his neck and died. And I was trying to retrieve a football down the street that he kicked on somebody's uh, roof. And that turned out that she didn't let me get the football so I can place it on a pole he died on. 
and that turned out to a beef, and that beef led out to me. Um, one police officer was called, and he just told us to leave him alone. And after that, the lady didn't like the fact that we was let go, and she lied and told him that, called another police officer. He was younger. She used her feminine wiles to get him to um, arrest us again, falsely. So my first, actual first charge was false. And how old were you when that happened? Mm, I think I was still in elementary. You were in elementary elementary school? school? Yeah, I think I was in the phase of just actually getting out of elementary school. Okay, so when you talked about you were violating your probation because you were out getting money, Mm -hmm. how were you out getting money? Selling dope. Okay, so we know in the African-American community, especially for young African-American men, like that's something that's common because the streets is what they know in terms of going to get money because sometimes it's not as easy to support yourself with a job, right, when you're a young person and you got to go out here, you got to take care of your family. So what age did you start selling drugs? I say it was actually about 13 because it was just the fact that my neighbor was um, a crack addict and I was looking at the one I liked him and then he was going through so much stuff with other dealers and I figured that who going to say something to me if I start dealing with him. They like young kid on the yeah, block and nobody so, going to suspect him. Right. Now, how was life growing up? Was it tough? Like, did you... Because, you know, some people, they have to do that. That's what they feel. Like, they have no choice. No, I actually did it because I was, I wanted to be grown. I wanted to have my own money. I never had to worry about no money or nothing like that. It was just a fact of, it was different because I had to deal with people that was talking and saying that, oh, you just got money because you spoiled your parents. And it was more like, okay, that's nice, but you don't know the money I can get on my own. So I wanted to, it was different. Their money and my money. It's uh, talked differently. So you say you came from money. Yeah. Do you think you did it out of, like, being rebellious to prove something to those people that thought, like, oh, you know, you're spoiled, you're privileged, you're not like the rest of us. You you that's don't have tough. it in you to you go soft. out there and get it. Yeah. Do you think you had something to prove? No, I think I did it because it was more like I wanted to be grown and I wanted to be on my own. And I would just wanted to sh- show, you know, that I can do this and it was just right there when something is just so close in your reach it's like a pop when you're thirsty I don't gotta go <laughs> to the store it's right here I right grab it so it was done Thank for you. independence so you didn't have to depend on your parents for money you could go out and get it yourself yes and it was easy quick and fast I wanna say easy cause everything got its consequences repercussions behind it but it was there it was there. And I was earning it on my own versus asking somebody because you get tired of just as I was as a child. I kind of matured a little quicker because I didn't have no choice. My dad was in the military and he was kind of hard on me. So I had to learn how to do everything that was done around the house and put together. I had to put together my brother's mountain bike when I was young. So very young. And I had to learn how to do this and do that so that kind of like prepped me to advance and start thinking that I was so I should be making my own money then too right so you kind of felt like you were one of the men of the household you know aside from your dad you felt like since you had so many responsibilities on you you needed to go out and be independent and bring in your own money right I wanted to take it on another aspect versus limitations I wanted to see what I can do Okay, so who introduced you? I'm sorry, who introduced you to that option of selling drugs? Like, who said, okay, you can do this? Well, it was around my neighborhood, and it was just something that I'm okay. The first time I actually had like crack in my possession mm-hmm. was you know, somebody running from the police and they ditched it. I stumbled across it and I had it, and I kept it. And I gathered it all and I kept it so once I found out that my neighbor was using it after a while this looking and I'm thinking like well this your first client right there this 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 yeah basically yes wow that easy huh yeah so after I ran out I needed some more so then I knew people that was doing it and then 
I had to actually like roll for them in order to get my like privilege to just do it on my own. But I was still like just doing it on my own. So also, thirteen, like how do how how does that go? Like when you find a connect, like how do you get a connect to trust a little thirteen year old? Well, a, a lot of dope dealers they use people that are faster and they can run so the whole thing was, was I'm in the back of a car and the police get behind them it's more convenient for me to just take the sack or take whatever it is they got that they're not supposed to have I go and I run and I be back there to give it to them and they got me around a bunch of people and uh, we all older kids than me or whatever or whatnot, and they have a sack too so but my whole thing was anticipating the users coming so I made my I was shown that I was a little above my position of being behind these guys and that you should give me greed set in after that you should give me this so I became top okay all right well we're gonna take a quick break and then when we come back we're gonna talk more about you know what happened in terms of when you got locked up and what life was like when you were incarcerated so we'll be right back on unapologetic don't go anywhere Rhyming not backyard game plan. Watch a snoop, anxiously you waiting for my chance, man. Cotton cocky with it, cause I know that I am, man. I'm going down in history like American bandstand. I stay fresh to death like the neighborhood dope man. I stay on the top, cause I keep coming with dope man. You steady watching stealing, but there ain't no hope, man. You tell them something bigger than the US open. It ain't no joke, man. Fresh like fat laces in Duke and Rose. I keep on smoking. Young boy. I'm ready, so that means I'm stroking. If you pet me nowadays, girl, a dog is soaking. <laughs> Addicted to it, JD, say I got it bad. 18, nigga, make it more than dad. See, they think they doing it, but I'ma outdo them. If you know somebody like that, pull up and say to them. You ain't riding, you ain't riding, you ain't bumping like I'm bumping. You ain't saying nothing, homie. You ain't fresh as I'm eating. You ain't got it, you ain't got it. You don't keep it dug it like I keep it dug it, little buddy. You ain't fresh as I'm eating. You ain't big, big. Whipping, you ain't steady, tip, tipping, no girl kicking, homie, you ain't fresh as I'm in. Thank you, thank you, but you ain't, but you ain't. like me, but you can't. That I make, I'm trying to get up out the stove, man. Hey, car drop, I'm trying to have you saying, Whoa, man. Fourth album, come back, power like Rogaine. The records say Columbia, but I'm so, so, man. I stay on my grind, breaking in that domain. From records to movies, now a TV show, man. Anything, give it to me, I'm gonna rep, man. Big house, big cars, what you expect, man? Just to get a glimpse, girls, breaking in neck, man. Blinded by the light, glistening off the breath, man. How hot is that behind? Lost no step. Straight t-shirts, sneakers, I ain't tryna go prep. Like these little RB groups that need my help. Wish they had my style, wish they had my rep. But oh no, oh, you no. never have been like me, man. If you can't understand, this is what I'm saying. You ain't riding, you ain't riding, you ain't bumping like I'm bumping. You ain't saying nothing, homie. You ain't fresh as I'm in. You ain't got it, you ain't got it. You don't keep it dug it like I keep it dug it, little buddy. You ain't fresh as I'm in. You ain't big, big whipping, you ain't steady, tip, tipping. No girl kicking, homie. You ain't fresh as I'm in. Thank you, thank you, but you ain't, MIA to get away from the cold weather. Talk around town as if I'm with Sierra. Bow fall off, nigga, that'll be never. I'm rich, yeah, I'm rich. I can do whatever. I get a kick out of shutting suckers down in the parking lot. Especially when they trying to stunt, thinking they hot. All out the window talking loud like they running my block. That's when I come through, come through. And all that stop, stop. It ain't another youngin' keep it fresh like this, man. And yeah, same time, come with the hits, man. Gotta make a girl fall out with a kiss, man. One listening is stuck, music just like quicksand. All the people say the little young dude sick, man. Young AI, we cool, thick, man. The difference between me and you is you be brick, man. And I ain't never, ever done that before. 
topic tonight. Go ahead, Rayshon. I'm going to let you kind of go right back into it. Well, I always say my biggest fear ever is to be have my freedoms taken away from me. I do not know what that's like, and clearly, you know, you do. So my question is, when you were before the judge and they said, that's it, I got you, you in there, what were, like, the first thought? That like kind of went through your mind when you just knew like yeah they got me. First off, it wasn't even that I got you. It was more like hold the type uh, the reporter keep her from recording what he's saying and telling me that you know I can get your case to somebody else to highlight why it should be dropped. But I told you that I, I see you again. I was gonna send you away. So it was dealing with that on top of what you're talking about. So that made it even worse, or just knowing that the law can just do what it want to do. As you said, the judge told the court reporter to stop. Yeah. Don't put this on record. Because basically, you could have gotten off, but... If I give it to another judge that he can get my case to be gone, but... But he had a vendetta against you. Yeah. Okay, so... It it wasn't the fact that what I was in there for, I didn't get pointed out for what I was in there for. I didn't do what I was in there for. It was a part of just the racism. I used somebody else's name, and they was about to let me go for that charge or armed robbery, but they found out that I was in Wyandotte. They found out that I had um, a warrant out under my name, so they just held me. And once they just rearranged me anyway and it got to the judge, it was more like... Now, what were you doing that you got caught? Like that... Like that last time, like what 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 happened then? You say you got caught in Wanda. I was just selling weed in Wanda, and you got caught doing that, and that's all it took. Man, catching with no weed is just the fact that they was rounding up people for armed robbery, and and you fit the I, suspect though. I didn't even. Well, actually, I was in Ohio. I was in Wanda previously but I was in Ohio when they came to me and said that they're looking for somebody and they told them in the Ohio PD uh, arrested me in the Greyhound bus station they told them in Wyandotte that I didn't fit the description they asked what was my skin complexion and once they told them that I was very dark that's when they said that can you hold them for us so you do believe it was racially no I believe has nothing to do with facts <laughs> okay so you were charged with armed robbery based on them trying to find someone that fit the description is what you're saying you're saying you actually didn't commit armed robbery I didn't even fit the description it was just the fact that I was they said I was very dark and they said can you hold him for us and that's what they did and when they came to the Ohio Police Department they didn't have, they tried to get me to sign a um a waiver of extradition, but I know, you know, murderers, extradition, you still got this process right there. You got to have evidence and everything. So, no, I, I hear what you're saying, but, you know, uh, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful in any right. way, but it just sounds like, you know, you said a first charge was. No, it's just all, all just it, one charge, bro. It's no, no, no. What I'm saying, no, you said when you first got in trouble. Yeah. We're taking it back to when okay. you were on top of the rooftop. Right. And you said that she falsely accused you. And then you said this time the judge just wanted to hold you because he just wanted to hold you. It sounds as if, what did you do? I hear what this person oh, did what to did, you. I what hear did what you say? Did. You say what did I do? What choices did you make? Because the thing is, oh, okay. I, in 2017, I'm still seeing young men make poor choices, and someone like you, who's been there, done that. I'm not hearing, you know, you saying that had I not done or this is what I've done. You said this is what has oh, happened cool. to me. Oh, that's cool. What I know? what so I what, what I done in period was just went outside the realm of illegality. I was illegal doing illegal things, period. So it don't matter if I didn't do it. I put myself in the situation when I chose to go beyond legal means to receive money. So do you think you deserve what you got? No, I I don't think nobody deserved what they got, no matter not the way it happened with me. I didn't deserve none of that. So you served 10 years in the maximum prison? Yes. 
So tell me, what is life like being incarcerated? Describe that life. What about the first day? And <laughs> you get there and what? Well, you just numb. You just, you're nothing. That's what it's like. You're nothing. You're under somebody else. Whatever they say you are, whatever they say the situation is, you're under their jurisdiction. And it's basically like slavery, being in a cotton field. What was the worst part? The worst part? Yeah, the worst part. It's worst parts. <laughs> There's no worse. Only the worst part is just not being able to leave on your own tuition. The gates, the barbed wire. Let me ask you this. Do you feel like you gained anything from that experience? I mean, obviously we know all of the negative um, yeah. things that are associated with being incarcerated, but was there anything positive that you got out of it that you still hold with you to this day? Yeah, just realizing that no matter where I'm at, you can't take... I'm mentally strong. You couldn't take that. The, the fight is mental. Mm-hmm. And nobody can go inside your head regardless of what the situation is when you head strong. Do you feel like they tried to break you down when you were in prison? Yeah, that's the whole process of it. That's the whole purpose of everything, to break you down and keep you coming back to it and making somewhere you um, find some type of kinship with just being in that position. So you say the CO, they try to set it up to f- so you can find like a sanctuary. Like you don't want to leave it. Kind of yeah. like a mental thing. But I, yeah, but I wrote, I kind of was writing books as far as like just being in the world free. You know what I'm saying? As a spirit, as I was locked up, I started, I took to writing. So that way, instead of just, because I am whatever they say. If people making phone calls, they get in store and all that stuff like that. You are what they want you to be. But when you're strong-minded, you know what you are. Because the strong-minded just came from just my dad being a drill sergeant. It was no choice. You're strong. You're strong. And how would I let somebody lesser than him break me down? It's a mental game. And on the mental aspect, you have no authority or no control over my mind. And just with God alone on top of that, it was... Is that what kept you strong, kept you going? That writing the books and staying in reality, yes, it did. Because once I got back out, just a lot of guys come back in because they lost themselves mm-hmm. mentally in there. It's not a physical fight. It's a mental fight. When you don't remember who you is, when you're living to appease other people and you stepping outside of yourself and all you can think of is who you are when you're in this little place, um... You had a tendency to what they call it. They call it um, hmm. I forget what they call it because I ain't been there that long. <laughs> and I, once I left, I left. That was not me. Okay, so let's talk about when you were released. When, well, released. When you were released, tell me what was the first thing you did. Yeah, what was the first thought. Like, now I want to know what's the first thing <laughs> you did. did? <laughs> the. The first thing I did when I was able to, I actually, I was having these dreams about, like, being in a neighborhood, and it was kind of messed up, desolated, and stuff like that. I was seeking people that I knew mm-hmm. of my past and see what was going on and just looking for comfort, basically, mm-hmm. for not acceptance, for more like, um, we happy to see you. Welcome back. Right. Okay. okay. So, did you find those people that you were looking for? Yeah, I mean, it didn't. I didn't find the people that you know. You have a circle, and then you have a private sector mm-hmm. of people that if hey, they see me face value, then it's we gon' whatever you need, we got you. They wasn't there. It was all that was destroyed. And so, through the time that I did, it was, and they wasn't the people that was able to connect me with these people because they was in a different they little bit low scale they might treat you different you know how, did you get like that stigma of like oh god ex-con like did you ever get any of that from like anybody that you knew previous going in no not really because it's all love it's, the love was still there that's beautiful you know 
Ten, like ten years is a long time. So, what was you shocked the most by? Like, what what when you got out? You went in what year? Two thousand and four. And I get twenty fourteen is when you got out. So wow. So you missed what Facebook, Instagram, like the whole social media mm-hmm. thing. Like you, like that when that is that like one of the things that you learned. Like what was the one thing that you was like, whoa, where did this come from? <laughs> I really, you know, you watch TV and you see it. I'm a person that's never, like, too thrown off my path. You know what I'm saying? So you were still connected to the outside world. I was still intact with reality because I wasn't allowing myself to believe that this place and being incarcerated, this life that they're saying, and this guy was really this or this person was really that because all that can be fabricated easy by somebody sitting and taking a picture and saying they're doing this. So I was... I stayed in the side of my mind. That's what kept me to the point where when I did get out, even though it was people that I felt they didn't not, I didn't feel they didn't take care of their business like they were supposed to. And I made it where it was too easy to. It was I was able to let it go. Okay. Because I didn't want to go back. All right. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about what life has been like for you now, um, you know, in terms of, your world how you live your life right now what do you do you know what is it like interacting with people where do you work all of those things so we're going to take a break we're going to play another bow wow song in honor of the bow wow challenge Uh, so don't go anywhere we'll be right back Kind of girls look like I done seen them all, but ain't none of them at all. Like you, and I done seen the best of the best. Maybe still I ain't impressed, cause ain't none of them at all. Like you, and you know how I feel when I chill. If I'm seen with a girl, then she gotta be just like you. And baby, that's the way I feel. When I got no choice but for me to keep it real. Cause when we first got together, started hanging out, you was skeptical at first, had to figure out if I was the kind of guy to try to dog you out. But I ain't that kind of guy you try to make me out You found out when you turned to my baby I showed them other brothers how to treat a lady I let you drive when I ride that Mercedes And I ain't tripping or acting shady Cause baby, you know I ain't never had nobody show me all the things that you done show me In a special way I feel when you hold me We don't always be together, baby That's what she told me and I believe it Cause I ain't never had nobody do me like you And every time I think about you, I when you ride, when you call, when you come up Your love is amazing to me I can't wait till I see you I want to be with you again And every time you're out on the road I'll make a trip And whenever I'm doing a show Don't you forget That I'm your main chick Who got that game chick One in the same chick The one you can hang with I ain't never had nobody show me all the things That you done show me in a special way I feel when you hold me We don't always be together, baby That's what you told me And I'm a meeting Cause I ain't never had nobody do me okay, you Hit the mall, pop tags, been a few G's in Hit the runway to a new season It ain't nothing to spoil the one I care for Feel like I ain't doing enough, that's when I share more I give you this, give you that, what you need, love You know I gotta holler at me if you need love And affection, cause I be your protection Kinda hard job, but I do it to perfection And you can tell that I ain't tryna let you go I get with you when I can, so that's how I let you know And you be trippin' cause sometimes I gotta go But you the first one I holler to right after my shows and I was tripping in a sense, I was tense But my body loose around you, but I'ma do without you I gotta get it together, say whatever But since I met you, my life seems so better Hey, how you doing? Hey Hey <clears throat> 
show me all the things that you don't show me in the special way I feel when you hold me, we gon' always be together, baby, that's what you told me And I believe it, I ain't never had nobody do me like you I ain't never had nobody show me all the things that you don't show me in a special way I feel when you hold me, we gon' always be together, baby, that's what you told me And I believe it, I ain't never had nobody do me like you Counterclockwise spinners, holla at your boy. We are back on Unapologetic, and we are talking about a very serious subject tonight. We actually have a very special guest in the studio this evening, and we're talking about life after prison, what it's like to go back into the world after you've been incarcerated. So we have a very special guest. His name is Jovan Payne. And we've just been talking about what life has been like while incarcerated. But now we're going to talk about what life has been like after being released. So let's talk about how your life has been just, you know, every day. What has it been like since you've left prison? A easier fight than what it was when I was in prison because I was... I'm. Free, I can move around and ain't nobody actually there to like prevent that or try to take a smile off my face. Okay, now we talked about during the break how they have programs set up for um, people that are incarcerated for when they're released to make their transition easier. Can you talk about what those programs were like and if you felt like they did benefit you or they didn't? Well, that's pre release and uh re-entry programs that they'll move you around and you gotta wait to get actually get inside the classes and they supposed to carry over to when you get out. They're supposed to send you somewhere, like a halfway house or something like that. It's supposed to carry over, but when they sent me, it was somewhere on Grasher. The place didn't even have the funds to do the things, like even simple things like bus tickets. So it was, it, it was like they just did it because your signatures, they get a certain amount of money for you taking this class. And it wasn't really nothing. So everything, the prisoner reentry program that they got right now in prison is really like just a joke, just something. There's a way for the state to make money. Be, yeah. Right. Mm. It doesn't. So you don't think it benefited? Yeah. You didn't get anything beneficial from that at all, you think? Nothing happened, no. They just give you pamphlets and information and stuff like that. And then once you out, you out. They collect their funds off it once you're done with it. And as far as real assistance and help, no. That came from just me being motivated to get on my feet. Now, are you still in contact with anybody that you've been locked up with since you've been out? Like, did you make any bonds or friendships with anybody? Yeah, because anybody in there that's cool, regardless of what the situation is, you tend to have some type of kinship, just a few of them, not a lot. There's some guys that's still in there that I would, if I see them or something like that, but just... Do you write them, like, y'all keep in contact any type of one? Mm, like, you telling really. them life outside is... Truth be told, I don't even want MDOC up on me like that. Okay. Now, tell me, what has life been like in terms of relationships with people do you feel like people judge you for being um an ex-con which is what they would refer to you as so do you feel like people make judgments about you because you have been incarcerated if a person do they kind of shallow because it's the people that it's people out here that ain't got not been caught for nothing that can that do you more wrong than a person that's got out usually that person got out people that he doing something to them something that had to do with his inner circle and it was somebody tied to that you know what I'm saying but uh no not really it's just out here in the world period you know what I'm saying it seemed like the darker you are the more liable you are to be judged stereotyped when you say darker mm-hmm. you mean as far as thin skin, skin and complexion color, yeah. got you so do you feel like you have been stereotyped because you are a darker-skinned African-American man? I mean, it can be a, um, a security guard somewhere where I'm spending my money that they can be just as dark as me, but they'll sit there and, like, scrutinize, like, what are you doing? Watching, and I just know it, and I'll be... It's, it's funny because it's like, yeah, okay. It took some just a little getting used to, but, like, nothing... 
really major. Now, in terms of working, are you currently employed? Yeah, I work for a company called uh, Frizz. Okay. Demolition. Okay. So when you were released, did you have a hard time obtaining employment? Not really. Okay. Not really. I went through a temp service and then through the temp service with um, Labor Ready. I did some construction down there on Woodward, and I asked him the last day I was had a ticket to go there. I asked him, do we know somebody where we can cut out Labor Ready so I can get employed? And he plugged me in with um, a company called Frizz. Okay. What about Dave? Like when you tell a girl, like you know, you know, I did ten years in the pen. Like well, you know, depending on the girl, you know, some girls find that exciting. <laughs> Do they? How's your love life been since you've been uh, out? I'm sure. Like okay. I'm sure that's the first. That's you getting that Stacey. Like the first thing I do. Like where, where is that with ass with titties? Like well, when you first start off, it's more like you just want that, and then it start you start maturing after you get that back again. You know what I'm saying? And you start... Like it never left. You, you, yeah. Right. You, you kind of tend to start... Things just start reminding you of where you came from. And you start shedding that. You don't. You want something better. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Other than just sex. Okay. So are you dating someone currently? Yeah, I have a girlfriend. Okay. All right. So tell us about that relationship. How long have you guys been dating? Maybe almost a year. I think in like probably August. Okay. Maybe a year. All right, so... I met her at work on a break. Oh, okay. Uh, so you, you know, obviously she's accepted you for, you know, everything that you've been through and who you are. Is is this someone that you feel has made life easier for you? I wouldn't really look for a female to make life easier for me. I'm just smart looking for, like, companionship, you know what I'm saying? That well, that makes life that. easier, <laughs> companionship. Mm, there's a price for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything has its ups and downs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is bad. I did but two she years had my in back, though. <laughs> But that's what's up. As long yeah. as she right. holds you down. It ain't nothing where I go. Some people look for a woman just so they can come up or whatever. You know what I'm saying? They don't discriminate what she looks like or whatever. That's their whole thing for getting a certain chick so they can just sit back and be like, I ain't doing nothing. But I'm type of person that I like getting my own regardless of what's that I feel better as a man yeah well you, you talked about that earlier that you've always been that independent spirit that you always wanted to go out and get it on your own so if you could talk to your 21 year old self what would you tell 21 year old Jovan um because how old are you now 33. Okay, so 21-year-old Jovan, what would you tell him? Take the stash and leave. Don't worry about nobody else but yourself. Because it was just a point where I had an ample amount of money and I was so concentrated on everybody else, like other components, and I should have just took it and went Get on out with my life. Yeah. Again was good. Right. I said, took it and moved on. Now, what would you tell your 10-year-old self? Would you tell your 10-year-old self not to even go down that path or that road? 13-year-old Jovan. What would you tell 13? That's oh, when you well, started. Yeah, 13. Yeah. You started in this game. So what would you tell 13-year-old Jovan? That he found the stash. You said home, somebody was running. You, you see little 13-year-old with the stash. What would you tell him? I'm afraid I wouldn't listen to me. But what would you say? What would I say? What would you say? What would you try to say? Ignore it. Mm. Well, let me ask you this. For that 13-year-old boy that was like you, that is out here and he's seeing the fast money mm-hmm. and, you know, he's seeing the images on television of, you know, getting the money and he's in the streets and he's seeing, you know, the dope dealers in the neighborhood that Same have, you know, you the fly see. chicks. They got the fly cars. And he's like, I want to be a part of that. What would you tell him? And then it's definitely not what it used to be. It was some type of little concern with people that was grooming you or whatever back then. But now it's extra wicked. So I just tell him, just uh, 
instead of trying to impress somebody else, why don't you just concentrate on impressing your parents and just everything has its season. And it fast money, it look good, but people that are attracted to that, the people that come with that lifestyle, they don't care about you. Only thing they care about is the money. So when you go down, whatever you earn, that will be, they will take that and they abandon you like I got abandoned so it's, it's not even worth it it's a waste of time period mm-hmm. let me ask now you said that 13 year old Jovan wouldn't listen to you where, where did that come from I know myself and I was set on I was already set once it clicked once I get an idea in my head I can have a million people. That's why MDOC, far as trying to institutionalize me, didn't succeed. Because once I got an idea in my head about anything, you know what I'm saying? I am. Yeah, because, there. you know. And that's I, it. I know a young man who is young, and now he's kind of facing what you're facing. Like, he's about to serve, like, time in prison for, like, a long time. Like, in his life, he went in young. You know, so it's still happening. So I'm, I'm trying to think, what do you think could reach a mind like yours, like theirs, because only you would know what it would take to just get something to snap to say, hey, you know, maybe this ain't it. Yeah, I, I didn't make it that bad just off one. It, it kind of snowballed because, you know, went to Kitten Elementary and they had peer pressure classes. I just started realizing I was a boss, but for your question, um, be kind of hard because I, I never been there way at, at that age it never went from first time prison you know what I'm saying that one is like that's that's tough bro that's so, so you said that's, that's, that's some, a whole different yeah so you just had to learn the hard way that's basically what you're saying it's even though People can have similar situations. It's all about that person and his mindset has to be sat down and broken down with another person that has a similar situation and able to actually impact that person. I can't just say, oh, we've been through the same thing because this person went from here to a straight prison where I, it took me years just to get there. You know what I'm saying? So that person's mindset has to actually be laid out on the table what what happened, what's really going on in order for anything can be like anybody can reach him that's a like mind. Well, I think one thing that I think we all can agree on is that in terms of we were talking about specifically the drug lifestyle in terms yeah. of selling drugs, it does not last forever. Like, it's not going to last forever. It's like no. only really two options, right? Jail or dead. Like, it really is no other option. And for those that are fortunate enough to get out, um, I think it's important that, you know, people understand that you cannot do this forever. Like, you have to have a plan. I am not, let me make this very clear. I am not being an advocate of telling people to go out and sell drugs and then, you know, go and turn into something else. But what I'm saying is, if if you you are doing that, you need to have an escape plan and a strategy because it's not gonna last forever so you definitely need to figure out what it is that you want to do long term with your life and if you have money from this you need to invest it wisely and get out because there are not many options out there for you and to remark on what you just said is if a person is already only if a person is already in that situation he already have it and he's still out here and free and don't have nothing on his head yeah, they need to get out now. But for a person that's thinking about going into it and thinking that they going to make it to the point where this person made it at and even took it and he said, okay, I'm listening, I'm going to leave, you're delusional. You know what I'm saying? Because that's just like a setup as far as like you watching the devil out here. He operating off of these people sliding through the cracks. You mm-hmm. think you're going to make it, you might be dead or in, or worse. You know what I'm saying? So it's not even worth the right. 
getting yeah. there. I think it's glamorized though, it is. because I think you Too see people much. like you know Jay Z, right? Yeah, He's exactly. a success story, there you go. and they think, okay, well Jay did it, so, so I you know I can do it too. But your story is not necessarily can Jay's. You spit like Jay, Jay did it back in the days. The more time, it's like these cell phones. It's just you know back then it was no cameras, none of that. You just had to worry about putting fear in this person, that person that you know it tells something. But nowadays, it's like, you through. You can't. Do you still keep in contact with anybody that you used to before? Yeah, but nine times out of ten, them persons are actually working now and they ain't not in the streets. And that's the only mm. reason I really keep in contact. And the people that still are that's something that's a bond that can't nothing separate. I just know that I'm not influenced by any actions that they're taking. I'm more well, mature. I, before we wrap it up, I just want to let you know that, because Stacey, you said something that it's only two options with that drug deal. you either dead or jail. You survived both, and I just want to know if no one's ever told you that I'm actually proud of you. You're my hero who actually was able to just kind of, you're getting your life back. And you did not become statistic. And I never been shot or stabbed or cut. Your whole ten years. Not even in the streets. Oh boy, somebody well, was praying. A, right, for right. You, you had a, some praying people around uh, you. How, how's sure. your relationship with your family? Like, how how are they? Like your mom, dad. What you mean? They're gone. I'm oh. deceased. But my bro, he, my sisters, they got my back. We in contact beautiful people that's wonderful all right well i'm glad to hear that you have support around you so we're actually going to go ahead and conclude um, tonight's episode so thank you for everyone that was tuning in and thank you so much jovan for definitely. being here to share your story definitely. and i know that you have because you definitely ins- you know inspired me and i'm sure you inspired so many other people yes. out there to not get caught up on the outside world and to stay strong mentally that's what I definitely took from tonight's episode is to be mentally strong so thank you guys for tuning in and we will talk to you same time next week next Thursday at 7pm God bless you